Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the inaugural episode of the This Week in Machine Learning and AI podcast. My name is Sam Charrington, and today is Friday, May 20th, 2016. A little bit about what you're listening to. Every week, I end the week with uh, close to 100 tabs of great and not so great articles, various things that are happening in the worlds of cloud computing, big data, machine learning, and AI. And I thought a great way to help folks sort through the wheat and the chaff is to uh, talk about the things I find interesting in a podcast. And so here we are. Uh, in order to have any hope of doing this consistently, I'm going to have to. Uh, you know, there's not going to be a lot of editing here, so this is going to be pretty raw, and it's going to evolve, and we'll just see how it goes. So here's how this will work. Each week, I'll bring you a sampling of topics representing what I think are some of the most important and most interesting things going on in the world of machine learning and AI. Uh, and to get us kicked off this week, let's talk about Google I.O. So Google I.O. is Google's annual developer conference. I.O. this year was held in Mountain View, California. And to say that Google took the I.O. conference as an opportunity to showcase what it was doing in the realms of ML and AI is you know, perhaps an understatement. Uh, Google CEO Sundar Pichai really spent a lot of time uh, emphasizing uh, the importance of machine learning and AI uh, to the company and said some things such as uh, in the context of conversational uh, AI, we want users to have an ongoing two-way dialogue with Google. Uh, it's not just enough to get them links. We really need to help them get things done. Uh, and talking specifically about the task, he said, we believe this is a long journey and uh, we believe we're just getting started. So what did Google announce at Google I.O. Uh, with implications in, in MLA and AI? Well, the first uh, of these is Google Assistant. You can think of Google Assistant as a souped up Google Now, uh, like the, the voice search Google Now, that is. Uh, and the emphasis is really this notion of conversational context. The example that Sundar used in his keynote was a conversational interaction in which he asked the Google Assistant who directed the movie The Revenant. And uh, after the Assistant uh, gave a response, he followed on with uh, the question, show me his awards. Uh, and it correctly displayed the awards that that director received. Uh, now, you know, this is not available for us to try out. Uh, in fact, none of the things that Google announced are available for us to uh, try out now. But uh, anyone who's had any experience with you know, a system like Amazon Echo or Google Voice Search knows that uh, this notion of uh, conversational interactions, if, it's, if it can be done really well and it works, is, is going to be huge. Uh, that's a huge limitation of the voice uh, interaction today. And so Google Assistant will show itself in uh, two products. The first of these is Google Home, which is expected to be available in the fall. And that is Google's answer to Amazon Echo, a similarly shaped device that you put in the home. And it is the, the voice portal to the Google 
uh, knowledge graph, if you will. Uh, again, very much like an Amazon Echo, but uh, I've got an Echo as well as an Echo Dot, and uh, they are extremely limiting. And I think that limitation is actually that they don't have that, that knowledge graph of a billion people, places, and things that Sundar talked about. And so most of the questions that you ask uh, Amazon Echo that are beyond the scope of play so-and-so on Spotify uh, result in a frustrating, I'm sorry, I don't understand that. Uh, and that's you know, much less frequent with uh, more sophisticated systems like uh, the Google Voice Search uh, as well as Siri. Uh, the next product that uh, was talked about was Allo, which is a new chat uh, interface. Uh, that is going to be available sometime this summer. Um, you know, it looks very much like a traditional messenger interface, but uh, it takes a, a play from the Google Inbox playbook, and it learns how you, and presumably others, uh, respond to messages, and it offers suggestions. So um, the example used, I think, was sharing a graduation picture and uh, it suggested congratulations or you look great as the two options. Uh, I'm not sure how I feel about my phone just having these conversations without me or, or for me. Um, but, uh, you know, it's moving towards, you know, training, you know, chatbots and AIs to participate in conversations. Uh, it has some other features. You can also play games with the chatbot, and you can access Google Assistant uh, in a conversational mode by chatting with uh, and at Google, uh, chatting with the app Google Bot directly. In addition to Google Assistant uh, and Google Home and Allo, Google also announced Daydream, which is its uh, next entree into virtual reality. Uh, I won't talk a lot about that, but I do believe that. Uh, virtual reality is going to be a huge way that uh, we experience artificial intelligence in the years to come. And uh, Daydream, uh, I'm sure, will be an important uh, first step on Google's part. Uh, I don't think this was talked about in the Google I.O. keynote, but also this week, it, uh, blog posts on the Google Cloud, Cloud Platform blog describe the Google TPU chip. The Google TPU chip. Uh, the TPU stands for Tensor Processing Unit, and it is a uh, machine learning uh, chip. Essentially, it's a, a chip on a board the size of a, a hard drive sled that uh, slides into the computers in the Google data center, and it accelerates machine learning and deep learning application. Uh, the the TPU chip really competes with, uh, with it's, the TPU chip is a, an ASIC, um, so it's custom silicon designed by Google, uh, and it really competes with uh, GPUs and things like NVIDIA's recently announced Tesla P100, uh, which is a 15 billion transistor uh, GPU that's also designed for deep learning applications, uh, and it was announced about a month ago or so. Uh, Google has been using the TPU to power uh, applications already, including Rank Brain and Street View. 
Um, apparently, it was also used by the AlphaGo uh, team that uh, that played the Go game against the world champion. Um, and uh, presumably, although it wasn't talked about in any detail, uh, presumably folks using TensorFlow applications and Google's cloud machine learning service uh, also ha- also take advantage of these TPUs. Although, again, I think uh, we need more details here, and, and I'll try to track some of that down. So that was, uh, those are the highlights uh, from Google I.O. I'll drop links to the key announcements I mentioned into the show notes. So next up, let's talk about Amazon Destiny. Destiny, spelled D-S-S-T-N-E, stands for Deep Scalable Sparse Tensor Network Engine. And it is a, an open source platform that Amazon posted to GitHub actually last week, but uh, the news was still breaking this week. Uh, and its focus is on helping folks deliver uh, deep learning applications or deep neural network applications. So as a result, it competes with Google's TensorFlow project. Uh, In this case, Destiny grew out of an Amazon uh, internal platform that it used to provide recommendations for Amazon shopping. Uh, Whereas TensorFlow is really good at uh, massive data sets, helping you create deep networks from massive data sets, Destiny is said to be better in uh, low data situations. Amazon, in fact, claims to uh, exceed two times the speed of TensorFlow in these kinds of uh, low data situations. Destiny is supports multi-GPUs, so you can distribute your workload across uh, many GPUs, so your training workload. And as a result of that, it allows larger neural network layers to be trained than are possible with a single GPU. It's also good for sparse data sets, and as a result, it's particularly applicable for uh, search and recommendation systems. And of course, I will drop a link to the GitHub in the show notes. So next, let's move on to some news out of Uber. Uber, everyone's favorite or not-so-favorite ride-sharing app, uh, announced that folks in Pittsburgh may soon see the Uber autonomous vehicle driving around their hood. Uh, Why Pittsburgh? Well, Pittsburgh is home to the Uber uh, Advanced Technology Center, the Uber ATC, staffed, among others, by lots of Carnegie Mellon University, AI and machine learning scientists. The car itself is a hybrid Ford Fusion. uh, And based on the pictures, it looks like it has this really funky speaker array on the top. I imagine it's really something else, but uh, with the speakers and subwoofer that this thing is carrying, uh, if that's actually what it is, it would be great to have at a block party. Maybe that's uh, what they've got in mind for their autonomous vehicle. Uh, if you want to learn more about what Uber's doing, I had an opportunity to chat with uh, Jeff Schneider, who's an engineering lead there at the Structure Data Show not too long ago. And 
I'll be dropping a link to uh, his talk, uh, interview with him, uh, in the show notes. And if you're interested in this topic, generally, Udacity's got a great course on AI for robotics. Uh, and I'm a supporter of a Kickstarter program by a company called Scans, uh, whose product, The Sweep, is scanning LiDAR for everyone. Scanning LiDAR is that little spinning disk that you see on top of uh, autonomous vehicles that helps them map out their local environment. And this is a mini inexpensive scanning LiDAR that's small enough for a drone or uh, some other small robot. So uh, support that project if this is something you're interested in. Next up this week, I want to make sure you're aware of a conference that uh, happened this week that looked really interesting. Uh, it's called AI by the Bay. It's part of a larger event called Data by the Bay. And while I didn't get to attend, uh, the conference organizer assures me that the videos will be posted. Um, and I'll put a link to the conference site on the show notes, and you should check there uh, for those videos. Um, the conference was three or four days uh, ranging, uh, topics ranging from data pipelines to uh, different vertical applications of machine learning and AI uh, to just AI, you know, how-tos and tutorials. Uh, and there are some great uh, topics. Some ones that I'm looking forward to are a couple of healthcare tracks, one on deep learning heart rate sensors and strokes presented by Brandon Ballinger and uh, Johnson Shi of a company called Cardiogram. Uh, and what Healthcare Can Learn from Netflix by Eric Williams of Amata Health. Uh, there were a handful of talks that took on the interaction between design, user experience, and machine learning and AI, uh, including UX and the Changing Relationship Between Mind and Machine by Hunter Whitney. Uh, a talk by Zachary Tashian of DE Digital and one by uh, Catherine Ahern of Clear Story, uh, both talking about visualization and how that needs to evolve in a world of ML and AI and large data sets. Uh, and then finally, there were some really interesting looking tools, presentations, uh, including building an AI platform on open source by Simon Chan, the CEO of Prediction.io, and recommendations for building machine learning software by Justin Basilico of Netflix. Uh, Netflix is a huge open source contributor in the world of cloud computing, and if they uh, contribute anywhere, if their contributions to open source on the machine learning side uh, have anywhere near the, the impact, um, they will be huge, so keep an eye on them. So I'll close out this week by bringing your attention to a couple of articles that I found interesting. The first is a blog post over on the Quora Engineering blog. Uh, it's written by Nikhil Garg, who is an engineering team lead at Quora, working on machine learning and natural language processing. Uh, and the blog is about applications of NLP at Quora. It doesn't go into a lot of detail, but it's, it's a nice overview of the many applications of NLP at Quora and companies like Quora. Everything from assessing the quality of the answers on the Q&A site to automatically correcting grammar to categorizing and organizing topics. Uh, just a great overview of uh, how NLP comes into play. And if you're interested in uh, NLP and, and 
are looking for ideas for further research or applications, uh, it's a great post to take a look at. So who says machine learning and AI always have to be serious business? Uh, the next thing I want to talk to you about is a project that uh, Josh Newland posted to GitHub this week uh, that is a machine learning based application to help him tune out of conference calls while still appearing to participate. Yes, you've got this right, uh, what we've all hoped for. Uh, this app, it's a Python app. He again posted it up on GitHub and I'll drop the link in the show notes. Listens in on his conference calls. Uh, he works at Splunk and uh, often has to sit in on conference calls. Uh, and it listens in on those calls and then uses the Python speech recognition library and, and the IBM Watson speech-to-text service to transcribe those calls. Uh, then when his name is mentioned, it sends him a little context of what was said immediately prior and after his name was mentioned. And then get this, after a short delay, plays a recording of him saying, sorry, I didn't realize my microphone was muted. Uh, this is so great. Anyone who's uh, had to sit in on conference calls can appreciate what this guy did. Uh, and those that want to dig into the details, uh, the project isn't too complex, uh, pull it up on GitHub. Uh, Josh says that uh, it took him a day to implement, and he's uh, admittedly a guy with no formal training who just learned coding on the job. Uh, I think this is, uh, you know, while this is a, maybe a trivial example, I think it's a great example of how cloud-based machine learning services like IBM Watson in this case or uh, some of the things that Google, Amazon, and Microsoft are doing are making machine learning and AI so accessible. Uh, and so with that, thanks for joining me on This Week in Machine Learning and AI for Friday, May 20th, 2016. Bye-bye. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for checking out the first episode of the This Week in Machine Learning and AI podcast. If you'd like to check out the show notes, you can find them on my website at http colon slash slash c-l-o-u-d-p-u-l dot s-e slash p-w-i-m-l. That's cloudful slash Wimmel. I'd really like your feedback, and uh, you can send it to me via the contact form on that website or via Twitter. And I'm at Sam Charrington on the Twitters. That's at S-A-M-T-H-A-R-R-I-N-G-T-O-N. Once again, thanks so much, and catch you next week.